Welcome back to the Pick 199 podcast, episode 63. I'm here with Muzzy. Hey. And we have special guest, newly sacked Manchester United manager, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer down the bottom there. Look at that. How are you, Oli? How good is that? Well, let's start this week's results on a high. We had the Chelsea... Leicester game happened, and we had Chelsea coming out 3-0 victors over Leicester. Really good performance by the boys. I was really happy with this one. Finally, like I feel as though I'm always riding them, not scoring enough goals, and 3-0 every day of the week. Kante just looked absolutely phenomenal. And with, with Lukaku out, I think he's second week out now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Werner um, was starting up front. And, yeah, yeah. Havertz been up. playing fairly well as well, so yeah, yeah. Um, Havertz playing awesome. Um, have to have to say, I, I really am shocked by this Leicester team. Um, mm. I, I know, I know, um, Chelsea's you know at, at the moment they're looking like the, the best team in terms of form. Um, like have have not looked close to dropping a game, um, but. Like at the same time, I really thought Leicester would put up a bit bigger fight. I really thought this was going to be close to, to the game of the round. Mm. Um, it was just very lackluster. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know what's happened. Like in the off season, I know we talked about like when we did that transfer wrap up that they haven't done much signings, but yeah. they still, they still got a quality team. Um, I really think Damari Gray was, was a big let go. Um, mm. And I think that it, it has hurt them. Um, and missing out on a couple of really impactful wingers and relying on the likes of Harvey Barnes and some yeah. of the other younger boys that sort of haven't established themselves yet, I think has really, really played a bit of an impact on Leicester at the moment. I still think Calvin Phillips is um, still, like, struggling a bit after the Euros too. Like, he just, like, he was really good in the Euros and then just hasn't transferred that form across. Um, Phillips, that plays for Leeds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One. <laughs> I'll take that. Oh, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> Telemans is there, Centimid. Telemans and, um, and Didi, um, yeah. they've been struggling a little bit, but as well. Um, so. He looked like, and Didi was on ice skates all game. Yeah, it didn't look like it was getting close to the ball, but I think that yeah. just and, yeah, it's hard. It is hard. Like when you when you got a match up against Kante, um, yeah. who's arguably the best best centre mid maybe in the world yeah. at the moment. Um, it's really hard to match up against him. And for, for me, he he's he's got to be for me. He'd be the he'd be the Ballon d'Or winner this year. Um, I think there's there's not a player that comes close to touching him, especially in the midfield. Um, he has been just. Why use ahead of everyone, and even for France, and he has um, been for years too. Like it's yeah, not yeah. like it's been like yeah. a one-year wonder sort of thing. It's been year in, year out. Yeah. I think he started slow this year, and everyone was saying mm-hmm. Ndidi was the the next best like, central defensive mid. Yeah, again, but I think this just sort of shows the mm-hmm. like like how far ahead uh, Kante is of, uh, above everyone else in terms of central defensive mids. Yeah. Apart from probably Rodri and Man City, but but yeah, no, very good win for Chelsea, and I'll take that every day of the week. Uh, Vardy was looking pretty slow too. I thought like he he's starting to 
his age is starting to get to him. Yeah, I, th- I think so, they were just un- underutilizing him. Um, not yeah. enough ball trying to be played through Tielemans. I mean, Tielemans is he's a great young player. James, Mad- James Madison came on, I think, 60th minute or something. Couldn't really generate anything. You sort of yeah. need him to start. Um, yeah, it's it's worrying signs for Leicester. I hope they can turn it around um, because you, they, they like, should be very competitive with that team. What do you think how much they used there, um, last year? Have they started this poor before, Leicester? Have they? Have they started um, this poor before? Since they've moved up into the Prem? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. From, from memory, I feel like they've always done well every year. They've always yeah. Sort of really since yeah. since they've oh, since they've been up, I, I, they've always started really well. And that's that first season when they came up to win the prem. They the key was they started the game like the first nine games or something undefeated or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I think when we say poor, like they're still very competitive. And they're still they're still a top ten team. I'm not sure what they are on the table, but I think they they're still quite high up there. Yeah. But it just seems like the forms vary up and down, which is very unlike Leicester. They normally give you the same performance every week, and you just got to beat them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so th- that's the only reason it's worrying to us for me. I mean, because they're a super competitive team, and it's great to see them up there. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I mean. They got Johnny Evans in centre back, um, you know, and then they're just trying to shift other centre backs and outside backs around him. And I don't think it's really working, but I think the real issue is going forward. I don't think the defence is a real massive issue for them. I think the issue is going forward. Um, they they got to they got to find some wingers that can generate something. Yeah, well, that's it. When you think about them, like they weren't a defensive based team. They were they were goal scoring machines, something like yeah. With Vardy and all those guys, and like Madison putting it through for him. Yeah. Like, remember well, last to, year, to, so yeah, you last year we, were, we were saying, singing Madison's praises for like his free kicks and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. you got to think it was it was Mares, it was Kante. Like, you yeah. had an absolutely stacked team, just absolutely just able to play forward. And then yeah. they sort of haven't reloaded the best they could um, mm. so far. So. Oh, very good. Well, let's move on. We had Liverpool getting the 4-0 win over Arsenal. Liverpool looked really good. Really competitive game for the first like first half, actually. The first half was really competitive. Um, but then Liverpool just turned up the heat and burnt Arsenal. Yeah, you come out after halftime and you put three goals. Three on. really quick goals, too. Yeah, so we did one in the 53rd minute, a couple in the 70s. Um, but it sort of just blew it out in the end. Um, it's really good to see Liverpool starting to attack from the back again. I think having Virgil back, I think it adds so much, even though you don't necessarily see him on the goal scoring sheet every week. Like He just gives you so much more attacking ability, but because he allows your outside men to, to do so much well, more. So, I was just about to say, Trent um, Alexander-Arnold is allowed to get into the game more now. Hmm. And, like he's a completely different player this year to what he was last. <laughs> like last year, his spot on the team was at Jeopardy. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, he's considered to be one of the, at least one of the best right backs in the world, like in um in England. So it's um it's amazing what I think it starts with Virgil to tell you the truth. I think he gives Alexander Arnold so many more options, and then he makes Mo Salah look heaps better and um. But yeah, for me, it starts from the back. So 
Um, no, we're looking all right. And these are the games that we need to win good and we need to win solid like this. And mm. in the past, we, we normally draw too many of these games. Um, and that's been Liverpool's problem for probably three, four years. So mm. we draw too many games that we should win. So We'll give, give credit to Arsenal. Um, they came up <laughs> against a Liverpool team that was way more experienced, um, played a lot more. And I think that that experience showed through that second half. Um, you got a team full of winners that in that second half showed that basically the youth of Arsenal, like this is how you win games. Mm. Um, and I think Arsenal will probably be better off with this. They had, they came into the game with great form and they just met a team that was in way better form. Yeah. They were that step ahead. Even, well. even when that game was competitive, um, Liverpool just looked like they could take the lead at any second at that start. Yeah. Like, just really blow out the game. And it just showed the the difference in, in class of players. Like, it only takes a few chances while Arsenal need to generate, you know, numerous, numerous chances, which they, which they can with that, that strong midfield that they've designed now. Um, but... Even though it's a four-nil loss, if, if I'm an Arsenal fan, and the form that they're currently being in, how they where they're headed, um, the way they're playing, they're looking really good. Yeah. Well, what I, the other thing I'd say is, I don't think that scoreline reflects how well, um, like how well Arsenal played too. Like, like we said, a few quick goals, and I will give credit to uh, Aaron Ramsdale too. Like he had some absolutely class touches on, like to stop stop Liverpool from scoring. And it only took like it took really good goals for them to to get there too. So I will give them credit on that front. But as much as I hate to, because they're fucking arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on. We had Wolves getting a one nil win over West Ham. West Ham again, not uh, not continuing on that form that they had, where they were where they were winning tough games. And dropping games they like off, they come off one of the best games in their recent history with their win over Liverpool, um, yeah. and then they put this performance out. Like, you want to be considered like a top four, top three team. This, these are the games that they've got to you got to win. Like beating Liverpool is not always going to be enough. Like, well, that's um, it. Do it against all the teams yeah, you, in the Premier League, yeah. not just the top ones. And considering how poor Wolves have been of late too, like they haven't been great, so you would expect not not expect to win, but at least be much more competitive in that in that regard. I have to say though, for the Wolves, I think since they had that, <laughs> it was a couple of weeks ago now, and they had that that win um, where the the young Korean boy got the the, the double. Um, they they've actually they've turned a corner really quietly. Um, they're not blowing teams out of the park, but those tight games that they were losing at the start, they're winning now, um, which is super good for them. And it's it's really good to see because those real grindy games that they just couldn't seem to get a foothold in, now they seem to be taking control of them quite easily. So um, good to see for Wolves, disappointing for West Ham. Um, they'll bounce back. I think they're, they're another top team that, that will continue to play hard. Absolutely. And moving on, we've got the biggest game. I would I would say the biggest sort of shock result out of this week was Watford getting the four one win over Man United. Uh, Ollie, what what have you got to say for that performance? Oh yeah, that's thanks, mate. Thanks, Corey. You're a funny guy. 
this influenced the life really taking you to a different level with your comedy, I, mate. I, I call like you Donnie Van Beek. Um, you, you look pretty similar to Donnie. What was that, mate? Donnie Van Beek. Like Donnie. Um, yeah, look, if you were to tell me, like, you know, looking at the, the games United had ahead of them, all those tough games, and this was the easiest game in that list of, of games to play, and you tell me we're going to get clapped 4 1. I probably would have believed you actually at some at a certain point, um, but you, like you expect as a if you're a team like United and you're the team that United want to be, you expect to go home with the lollies on this one. Absolutely. Um, and then going in at the half two 0 down is just not good enough. No, just not good enough. We played a lot better in the second half, but it took <laughs> two goals down to play that way. We need to come out every game playing that way. Um, just I, I've got a bit of a gripe with, and before I get in, I've got lots of. Lots of stuff I want to talk about, boys, with United. <laughs> Hard to pick where to start. Um, but I'll start with um, like the penalty rule. So, yeah, Watford, they retook um, that penalty. Uh, you know, De Gea ended up saving both anyway. But yeah. I feel like the, the first one they retook because a Watford player entered the box before he took the kick. I feel like if Watford don't score there, they should just play on because it was a Watford player that infringed the box this yeah. would be United advantage. So why don't they just Absolutely. play on? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so you know what I mean? As, as a, whereas, as a, whereas Muzzy, if, if he had yeah. a, um, scored, then retake it because he's yeah. infringed the box. 100%. So in, in, for example, the NBA they have with the free throw rule, mm-hmm. um, if the free throw is made, it doesn't matter because it, it wasn't influenced by any player. Yeah. Um, if the free throw is missed and a player goes early, then it's yeah. retaken. Yeah. If a defending player interferes as the free throw is taken, and then like it's it's missed or whatever, it's retaken. Mm. And same with that offense because of the impact that it can have, obviously on the person shooting. In the, it's a really grey area with penalties, and I, I I agree with you. I think it needs to be reassessed. Yeah. At, at, at the moment, the rules muddy, like what I thought should have happened after that first one, instead of retaking it, it should have been offside against the Watford player. United because yep. yep. he, he touched the ball yep. after De Gea saved it. Yeah, that's and the exact happened. same thing. Yep. It yeah. should have been it should have been offside or it should have been a drop ball for Manchester United. United. Yeah. Um it's still a grey area because of the fact that the interference can can often work against offensive teams. So oftentimes you'll see a player score that and then they'll bring it back anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. But sometimes yeah. you'll see a player score it and they won't bring it back mm. because yeah. in the ref's eyes, it's, well, the ball's gone in. It doesn't matter who went early. It had zero yeah. impact on what happened in the game Yeah, because the ball just went into the goal. Nothing could the goalkeeper could do. Mm. It's a really grey area. But I, I tend to agree with you. If it's if the, if the goalkeeper saved it, the goalkeeper, because we've seen numerous times when a goalkeeper steps off his line and then saves yeah. a penalty, it's yeah. been called back. Well, so I don't, I don't see why that shouldn't happen. It's, it's got to go both ways. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing. Like, I thought initially that De Gea stepped off his line or something, yeah. even though it didn't look like it. But, like, when they go back to retake it, you just go, well, why is yeah. that happening? Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they should um, only get a certain amount of, like, uh, leeway for the advantage that they get, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I have seen I've seen players get cards for that before as well, um, mm-hmm. because they've done it numerous times yeah. when they've run in in an attempt to sort of waste <laughs> time. 
they'll run in the offensive players to waste time. Um, yeah. And I've seen him hand out cards for it. But I think if it, had, if it had, had to happen one more time and he didn't give a yellow, that would have been way worse mm. because mm. that's you got to draw the line there. Yeah. Like There has to be some kind of line drawn there. And they've got to sort out that grey area. I agree. I think it's really poor. And this game really showed it. Mm. Um, it was really bad. Yeah. Um, so, like, for me, watching that, I was just livid that he got to retake it. Um, you know, likely De Gea saved it anyway. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, just yeah, just had me in um, all sorts that day watching that. Um, another thing I took from this game, uh, obviously, Donny, we'll write about Donny needs more time. We've been preaching that since he turned up from Ajax. Well, he was um, on for five but, minutes and he scored. Yeah, I was... Five minutes I in. just don't know. I just don't know why, when Pogba wasn't even on the bench, so Pogba's out, that he would decide to put Matic and McTominay together and not yeah. even not even look at Van der Beek to start. But, um, but even then, even then, like you still got Fred there too. Like it's, oh, it's Fred was on the bench, yeah. But yeah, I, but you know I, what I, I mean, just, though. Like the yeah. weeks leading but, up. You know, moving it. forward, I don't think Matic and McTominay are a good pairing in that in that mm-hmm. sort of role they're just too slow like yeah. they're both like if you got one in there it's fine because you get you got one to sort of steer i think i think bit. substituting them for each other works if you're yeah. doing 45 minute halves each substituting yeah. for each other because Mat- matic yeah. i think can still give like he he played really well at the start of this year for yeah. united yeah and he's he done some yeah. yeah, and he's so, been known to pop off a rocket every now and again. Yeah, um, but together, I don't think that's a good mix. So yeah. moving forward, I don't think they should be played at the same time together in that sort of yeah. role. And like just with our defense, our defense was just shambles there. Like they, the you know Watford players had so much space in that box. Yeah, you know, Ron was out again, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. Lindelof was. There was one. Um, forget which goal it was. It might have been. Might have been the forty-four minute goal or the ninety, the ninety-minute goal. Um, but the the strikers sort of coming in. The way Lindelof was defending, he was kind of defending it for a cross, which I suppose you do as well. But you sort of want to cut off the goal too from where this guy was, and he just shoots it and he, and he makes it off this off this angle that sort of Lindelof left with him. Yeah. Um, and that sort of stuff can't be happening if you're a world class defender. You can't have players shooting off a, a you know a shot like that. From you know that angle, um, yeah. Look, uh, obviously after this result, Ollie was out. I don't think it was really ever, ever a question after this game. The writing was on the wall. Yeah, and considering it's the been, lead up, it's been, to it too. been on the wall for a while. And yeah. I think when your team performs that poorly, mm. and like your captain, <coughs> sorry, your captain does a stupid bloody tackle. When he's lost control of the ball and then gets himself red carded, yeah. Like I, got, I got a question for Coxie. Yeah. Even though I know how stringy it is at the moment at centre back without Varane, and I know yeah. how important he is, he's he's definitely a world class centre back. Oh yeah. In, in in terms of Premier League centre backs, he's he's definitely up there with with the likes of Van Dyke and Already. some of those really yeah. high quality centre backs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though that being said. Would you have dropped Harry Maguire for this game? Um, not really, because he seems to have good games for England, though. Against Albania? Yeah, but that's still a good I can, game. I can have a good game against that's Albania. Still a good game. 
Like, they're, they're but bronze you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But even like the in the Euros. Yeah, but it's it's quite like a different role though. That's the, the thing is, he's going into an England squad that's packed to the gills. And it's well, it's players, a well machine. Yeah, mm. and the players can interchange. And like he's got constantly, he's got outside backs just constantly covering for him. Yeah, yeah. and and like I quality think, outside backs yeah. too. Like not yeah. not one Basaka or or um like short like I know Shaw's was getting good form for England too, but yeah. I mean. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's that great either. Yeah, and like yeah. I think, like Roy Keane, like fucking hit it on the head this week when he said that Maguire keeps getting exposed. And like, it doesn't matter if you're scoring goals for England, like in a friendly against fucking Albania. Yeah. Like you need to do your job as a defender, not a not be yeah. a like a strike pony for for yeah. Yeah. Which I think Snaker yeah. raised an interesting point about Van Dyke. He's talking about Van Dyke's attacking threat going forward, so offset pieces and stuff like that. But the most important thing I think Snoko said about that was what he does for his defenders when he's back. He allows them to be more attacking, which means he doesn't necessarily have to push up and be attacking. He only pushes up when it's a corner or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's... <coughs> I, I don't want to throw any criticism. I just thought it, it, it's an interesting question um, to put in there because I know he's, he's copped a lot of flack. Mm. Um, I, I, I still think Harry Maguire has the potential to be an awesome centre-back, but I think he needs he needs a really, really strong person to be that person next to him. And I think going forward, I would almost give Varane the captaincy. Yeah, um, yeah well, I've always questioned why they've sort of given Harry the, the captaincy and that's yeah. what... Like you look at the impact Fernandez had coming in. Yeah. I almost thought yeah. he would have been named captain this year. And even even Ronaldo coming in, yeah, I think would be a good fit for captain. And as you said, Muzzy Varane, like he's he's that experience at you know Real Madrid and with France. I think he's great too. Um, I think like I know we're going back a fair bit in the pot here, but as Snake mentioned earlier about um, back to the cricket, about the whole captaincy thing, and, and you know, he's only in the team because he's the captain. Sometimes I think that's a bit of you know, why Maguire's in the team because he's yeah. a captain, where he's not necessarily getting picked based on form and being awarded the captaincy on yeah. a different merit kind yeah. of thing. You know um, what I think the other thing is, Coxie, like just yeah. sorry to cut you off, but I think no, you're right. trying to justify that 80 million, that 80 million pound tag that they put on yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. Because if, if, they, if they strip him with the captaincy and he becomes a, a bench player and he never bounces back from it, it's a complete failure. If he just sort of wallows around in you know mediocrity for a couple of yeah. four or five seasons, it's not as bad. Um, so, and I'm just hoping the next guy. I mean, I know we've got Carrick as the caretaker, which I'll, I'll sort of talk about a bit later on. But um, I'm just hoping that whichever manager comes in after that is not afraid to make these calls where it, like they don't care what status this player is. You, if you're not good enough, you'll sit on the bench kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, because I, I like I don't think Ollie's that bad of a manager, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think he's too bad as far as managers go. But and I almost think this sort of like the way the team's playing at the moment, I think it goes sort of further than just Ollie. I, I, do, you I think, think, do you think like, it has to go to like a like the new manager has to be like a structure manager rather than a like because I feel as though Ollie was much more of a man manager. Yeah. Um, like like tact like I've talked about it before, tactfully, I don't think he's quite there in terms of his like his structure or anything. Like he just doesn't know. I I'm think not, that might be that might be, be experience as well though. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, so I guess my next question is like, now that you've sort of missed out on Antonio Conte coming in, who who would be your next like best option? Well, I mean, you've got those those names that have been thrown out. Um, you know, in the media, like what is it, Pochettino? Yeah, throwing his name out, thrown out. You know, the Danes. Um, I and I know he's you know already got a job, but Diego Simone, I think would do would do well. I think he'd be awesome for United. It's so hard, so him. hard to get him out of it. Let's go, I know. They love him. So he can, they love he's him. got that experience. He, yeah. he knows how to make a team play like a team, yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know what? And I mean, Carrick sort of he's taken over in in, in the interim. Um, I know Steve Bruce. Um, he's sort of one of those sort of classic sort of managers. He hasn't really <laughs> done a whole lot in his career, but I think he's enough to sort of steady the ship in a way. Um, and I wouldn't actually. Mind if if Keane jumped in, because he's got that passion, and I think oh, you need that or a tick exactly. in the ass for some of those exactly. players. Well, I was going to say to you, Cox, you'll have Roy Keane and uh, Gary Neville as his assistant, because at least you know then that they're going to have a bit of passion. Yeah, yeah right. Well, I was going to say, I don't, I think, Neville, I think Neville's come out and said that he'll never manage again after he's not after uh, he's in Spain, mate. He had yeah. a terrible time. I don't, I wouldn't um, either. I would <laughs> almost say if he got Roy Keane as an assistant. To like whoever's coming in to sort of be that, yeah. Like yeah. just to give um, just to give them like a bit of standards, like because at the minute, like their standards for for a club that size is yeah. just not where it should be. Yeah, um, and just like with like another thing about United, it's sort of I feel like just because all the like all those board members, they're all bankers as well. That it, like there's been a lot of mm. sort of heat coming out that they're not these football-minded mm. individuals. But then the, the flip side of it is, boys, that a lot of the time we're talking about sport is now a business anyway. Business, yeah. The way clubs are run, it's now a business. So I don't think just because they're not football heads doesn't mean we can't get a good manager in. Um, oh, yeah. I think they I might think do a... The only problem with is like those sort of bank manager types is like or like, like trust funds, sort of like people that are running the, running the club is that Man United steeped in tradition of like that working class sort of yeah Manchester. So I think there sort of has to be a bit of give and take there. But I mean, yeah, and I I think um as good as you know Fergie was for us, I still think since he's retired, we're still in this sort of Fergie sort of post Fergie. Um, yeah. yeah, just this sort of depression kind <laughs> of era in the club's history at the moment. And it's great that he's still a part of the board and he's still got decision making on that um and i think he's probably i mean his his sort of pick is um pochettino really isn't it yeah so um yeah i'm not sure where they go with it um but i think it's going to be a rough rest of the year for us to be honest i think whoever he says you should get you should go out and offer him double whatever he asked for and just get him in Hmm. Mm. well his last recommendation was uh David Moyes, so and we saw yeah, how well that true. turned out. So yeah, but he's he's actually turned out to be a good manager. Oh, he, he's, he's a great manager. Like, I just don't like the There's time. A lot of criticism to say that me and you got rid of him way too early. They did. Yeah. So yeah. when you think yeah. about it, like Ollie's had more time than David Moyes did. I think and that was Ollie's had like one season or one and a half seasons. Yeah, yeah, and if you think back like twelve months ago when Ollie was in trouble or a bit longer, and everyone was like, nah, get rid of him, he's useless. 
and everyone was like, yeah, you haven't given the other managers a chance. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. and they've gone on to be good managers. They've actually given Ollie a fair shake. Like, yeah. What's yeah. he been there for three years? Like, yeah. three years. Yeah. Is that how long he was there for? Nah, it's probably about what, a year and a half, two, two. maybe? Yeah, well, I think yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. he's had a fair crack. Like he's had a bit longer. Yeah, I think, he's, I think yeah. he's he's been he's been a part of the club for for longer it's than two years, for, yeah. for nearly three years. But yeah. in oh, yeah. terms of that 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 <laughs> manager um capacity, I think yeah, it's been over two years. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say to you, Coxie, um, to backtrack just slightly on that Harry Maguire point, yeah. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was um, Henderson last year, Stanko for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and him being dropped for Wijnaldum, who was in absolute prime form, even though Henderson was still captain. Yeah. Um, and he was captain, but he was only coming on. And he was only playing like 30-odd minutes or so. Um, do you think that could have been an option for Oli with Harry Maguire, or do you think he just had to, just had to keep him going? Um, I honestly sometimes I don't know if it's even Ollie's decision. Sometimes with some of these yeah. players playing, I think there's other people in that boardroom that say we spent all this money on Maguire, he's captain, he's starting, yeah, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as you said, like it worked out for um for Henderson, didn't it? He's playing yeah. pretty well at the moment. Um, yeah, look, I I think he's got this sort of. About Maguire, I think he's almost got like this sort of untouchable kind of mentality. I think he knows if he pl- even if he plays like this, he's still gonna get a start, get a call up. Yeah. The only sort of good thing that's come out of this with that red card, he misses a game. <laughs> the one or two games he misses. Um, so now we're going to be able to see how we go without him there as a centre back. Um, the only problem is we won't have Varane either. I don't think. I think he's yeah. out for a little bit more. Um, you, you got on the bench. Varane won't have to. I mean, the centre backs that are there aren't going to have to you know cover up for Maguire, so it might actually work out quite well. Um, but you know, as I said earlier, I hope whoever comes in gets this sort of free reign of choosing the side and, and dropping players and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like I think it would have been a good option, Muzz, to mm. drop him. Um, based off, well, I mean, in hindsight, it would have been a good option, really. <laughs> Yeah. That's right, mate. Phil Jones will come back in to save the day. What was that, mate? Phil Jones will come back in to save the oh, day. Oh, Phil Jones. <laughs> Forgot we've still got him. <laughs> I saw him in, a, in the background of a picture of the boys of warm-up and I thought, what's he still doing at the club? I thought we shipped him <laughs> off years ago. It's all those back-ended contracts. They no got one wants his contract. Yeah, I wouldn't. Send him back to the championship, mate. So... Oh. Well, let, let's move on. We'll, we'll save... Moving we'll on uh, from the Man United hour. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, let's uh, save Cox. Yeah, well, boys, just before we go, I feel like ever since we've done the pod um, on Zoom, United have been in shambles. <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah, I feel like say, I've always got something to say about them. What do you reckon we haven't gone back to doing it the other way? Uh, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe. United might start going better then. <laughs> Uh, very good. Well, let's save Coxie from a stroke and we'll move on. Uh, we've got we had Norwich get a 2-1 win over Southampton. Uh, really not good enough from Southampton to, to lose to a team like Norwich. Um, 
Uh, Newcastle and Brentford had a three-all draw. This is a pretty cracking game, uh, even though they're, they're not two of the lower-end teams. Uh, and Crystal Palace and Burnley had a three-all draw as well. Uh, good to uh, see Benteco ben back out there for Crystal Palace. Um, mm-hmm. Stay for everyone out there. Stay on Crystal Palace. Expecting big things from them this year. Um, they've, they've been great to start, and um, I think they'll continue that form. They're, they're, they're a danger team to all the big teams up front. The attractive way they play football. If and if you're someone new that's trying to get into soccer and stuff, watch Crystal Palace. You'll 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 love the way they play. Um, Absolutely. They, they play just all out of, all out attacking football. Um, Organise restructure. Um, and then just go like two, three passes and go. Um, so it's always an entertaining way to watch football and very reminiscent of how Vieira used to play football. So yeah, um, very interesting how it comes out his his manager style. Absolutely. Uh, we had Stevie G and Aston Villa get get their first win under the Gerard management uh, with a two 0 win. With a 2 0 win over Brighton, Hove Albion. Uh, Aston Villa looked pretty good in this game, I will say. Yeah, we uh, did. Um, we looked really solid there, um, especially <laughs> late when we come home strong. Um, so it was really good just to get the win over the top of them in the end. Um, extremely happy with our performance. <laughs> You're already referring to uh, Aston Villa as we. So oh, you're fully, you're fully on board. <laughs> I, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I'm all in. Let's go. He's got stock in uh, the okay? As much as he gives you about the NBA, mate, it doesn't take him on the jump ship in the soccer, Oh, mate. The <laughs> as soon as uh, Liverpool uh, Juniors involved. Uh, Liverpool Villa won two next year, boys. Not this year, next year. Um, <laughs> but Liverpool will be one. So <laughs> that's only because they're winning more. Always number one in the heart. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't Who let this guy in? Who, who invited him? Well, let's, move, let's move on. Man City had a 3-0 win over Everton. Uh, Man City looking really good at the minute too. That top three of Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea don't like look pretty much unstoppable at the minute. Yeah. It's um, continuing on. I threw it out there a few weeks ago that I don't think anyone will get over the top of those three teams, and I feel pretty, pretty confident in saying that now. So, I'm sticking on it. Very good. Muzzy, you have anything to say about your boys? Um, no, it was a good win. Um, it was a good win considering we had uh, quite a few players out. Uh, Grealish was out. Uh, uh, in who else? Uh, Jesus was out. He sort of hadn't hadn't played, hadn't even hadn't even warmed up with the team. Um, Raheem Sterling got his first start in a while. Um, looked good out there. Looked like he could he could definitely compete. Um, I think well, Phil Foden, yeah, Phil Foden sort of came on a bit later on yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, we had quite a few players out, so it was it was good good to come out with a good win. Um, Everton had really looked sort of out of form in the last couple of weeks. Um, ever since that. Richardson and um, Calvin Lewin and Pickford, they were all injured for that one game. They just yeah. looked out of sync sort of thing. Um, and I thought they were starting to turn the corner and they just, yeah, they just went there. Shout out to Cancelo, had another awesome game. Um, he just continues to show 
he's just an awesome outside back, um, can play either side. Um, yeah, he's, he's been playing absolutely awesome for him. Um, and yeah, shout out to Rodri, who just seems to do um, the little stuff right. Um, he never gets the shine, never gets, you know, the standout as a lot of the players do. Um, he just sort of sits back in that CDM role and plays it well, um, just limits his mistakes, tries not to give away the ball. Uh, plays plays good through balls and just seems to do everything that the position asks him. I mean, he's the he's the key player that sort of I think Pep needs and the key player that Pep wants. I mean, everywhere he's went, he sort of had that Sergio Biscuits type of player, which I think Rodri is. You know, just that holding midfielder um, that just doesn't want any of the shine. Um, it just wants wants the rest of the team to just. Shine through, so no, it was, that good goal that it was an absolute banger. Yeah, so. it was a, a cracking <laughs> goal. It was a good goal. It yeah. was a beast of a goal. Yeah. And then, like uh, I said before, Sterling played well, just raising yeah. those stocks so that when he gets traded out, that <laughs> they get all the money for yeah. him. Uh, and um, Bernardo Silva continues to go against my words of saying that he's not an out and out <laughs> winger or a midfielder. Um, <laughs> he's been playing really well. Um, I, yeah. Uh, look, I think he's he's playing really well, but I'm still not 100 percent sold in his game. I don't know what it is. I don't like. I don't have any prejudice towards him. Um, there's nothing like it's just. I there's parts of his game where you know I just I feel like he goes from zero to hero real quick, um, which I just I, I, I like the more consistent players like Rodri and. Um, but um, yeah, it was like I said, good win. No Kevin De Bruyne as well. Um, so. Good, good, good start out performance for us. So hopefully we can continue it on in the coming weeks. The only thing I'll say for for Bernardo Silva, do you think that's like, like he's he's a player of the system though too? Like, like in the fact that he looks really good in that Man City system. Whether or not he can do that outside of that, I think is yet to be proven. But yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's just like he came in the squad, like he'd come from the Spanish league, and he was. Like tearing it up, um, so I think I think it's it, it seems like he's a player of the system, but I think actually when he he's I think he might even feel a little bit shackled playing in the way that obviously the city plays. Like it's a very specific style of um, being able to play effectively, and I think that it sort of doesn't suit him. Um, yeah. So because I think he he played really well in the Spanish league before, um, so. No, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they go moving forward. Yeah, very good. Uh, the final game we had Tottenham win their first game under Antonio Conte with the two-one win over Leeds. Yeah, well, not a bad result for Tottenham after getting booed off at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of growing pains. It'll be interesting. Conte will do amazing stuff with this with this team and. Um, I think they're, he, he's definitely going to – it depends how much influence he has on what, what who they're going to trade for and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he's he's already getting a lot of players that didn't have a lot of shine. Like, we, we throughout the whole, like, first half of this season and end of last season, all we talked about was Kane and um, Son and their impact on this team. And he's already getting stuff out of players that you just wouldn't expect. Yeah. Um, so I think he's, he's definitely doing a great job. Unlucky for Leeds, um, Daniel James had a, had a really good game. Um, but yeah, apart from that, they've just sort of looked a bit lackluster. Um, Calvin Phillips not quite bouncing back um, in this game. So yeah. 
Very good. Um, that nearly wraps it up. Just before we go, though, too, we just had the... I think we're expecting the announcement this week of Sergio Aguero to to announce his retirement after finding out that he's got heart problems. So I think for you, Muzzy, that's probably a big thing, knowing knowing how much he... To, to um, yeah, yeah. A pro- prolific goal scorer, like one of the, one of the best strikers... Um, in the in the Premier League, um, sort of, you know, uh, up there of all time, I think, in, especially in terms of um, you know foreign foreign players, foreign strikers in the in the Premier League, highest highest goal scorer in that category, um, just yeah, an absolute beast. Um, yeah, it's sad sad to see him go on the way and the way he went to Barcelona and how that how their struggles had had. It's sort of sad to see him end his career that way. Um, so, no. especially when he's still sort of re- relatively young too. He's only thirty three, yeah. and like we've seen yeah. players like like him go on to play like another four or five years. Yeah, at a high level. Yeah, yeah. being probably yeah. the biggest one too. So yeah, hundred percent. But uh, no, it's sad for Sergio Aguero, and uh, we wish him all the best. Yeah, and I sure think with that. We'll wrap up episode 63 of the Pick 199 podcast. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Uh, comment whatever your thoughts are below, and we'll get to you next time. Yeah. Peace.